All right, we are rolling now. Counting us down. Three, two. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey there. Welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. And I am Lex Michael. And if this is your first time listening, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be movies, music, television, spoken word, books, experiences, things that have built us up as people, and we hope that in sharing it, it builds you up. We are the retrospective that is introspective. Tari J, is that you I hear, or is it the voice of a far more promiscuous podcaster from generations past? Ain't nobody more promiscuous than me, baby! (laughs) Except, maybe our guest... Dave Child. Oh hell yeah! Yeah 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 yeah. Oh yeah, Dave be getting fucked. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy! I mean, this is the movie to talk about uh, the dangers of promiscuity. I would say. (laughs) <laughs> and uh and and everything that is that is slutty this is the most slut shaming movie you'll ever see is what, true. what you're gonna say so yeah so we should we should start off the show with saying promiscuous is good sluts are great yeah no, sh- no shaming yeah absolutely no shaming no shaming we do not share the views of prom night to hello mary lou just so just so people know um, but we do love that title and the rhyminess of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was like... And also, let's start off by first saying, has nothing to do with Prom Night 1. Has absolutely nothing to do with Prom Night 1. This was a movie that was not meant to be a sequel. It was first going to be called, like, Horror Horror of Hamilton High. I think it's The yeah. Haunting of Hamilton High, I believe. Haunting of Hamilton High. And then they were like... You know, let's uh, make a prom night too. Also, remember that Ricky Nelson uh, song, Mary Lou. Let's uh, let's put that in the the title too. <laughs> um. So, Dave, you brought this to us, yes, uh, as part of this month's series, Schools Out Forever. So, yeah. uh, can you pitch this to people who are maybe on the fence about seeing it? Sure. Here's the thing. Sometimes you have a long list of movies that you want to watch, especially horror movies. Like you have Carrie, uh, The Exorcist, and Nightmare Before Elm Street. Nightmare Before Elm Street. (laughs) Nightmare on Elm Street. And and then you're like, I don't want to watch all these movies. I want to watch one movie that just kind of crams them all together in the best way it possibly can. And I think that would be Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. <laughs> it has every single... It, it's it's kind of... When I discovered this movie, it was like... I felt like I found a missing link between a lot of 80s horror movies. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a big horror movie fan. And it took me a while to actually see this movie. And when I saw it, I'm like, this is everything. This is everything you want of a stupid... <laughs> stupid horror movie from the 80s so if you're into that this is your movie nice uh, i would agree with most of those things <laughs> i most feel of them. most I, 
I feel like they found a way to take super, super stupid horror movie from the 80s and, and if anything, elevate it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yes. When you say elevate, when you say elevate. <laughs> I, I don't I mean. Well, because it stacks them all, the, all of them on top of each other, yeah, which technically it. makes it higher. Yes. It, it's it's like a double decker sandwich of, of, uh, of. 80s horror movies in one bite that's more right. elevated because just because there's the term elevated horror which a lot of horror fans don't like because it makes uh, it sound like these are the smart person's horror movies right and this is not yeah no this is not that this is not hereditary <laughs> this is not rosemary's baby this is this is not even the exorcist even though it draws from the exorcist a bit it's it's a very stupid version of all of that <laughs> yes, I will say though, I, I, and maybe of the three of us, I'm alone in this opinion, but I will say having come to this for the first time, knowing not at all what to expect, um, and then yes, uh, internalizing what what they made to show people, uh, I ended up having a very good time with this. Oh, yeah. like, I'm, I'm genuinely glad that I've seen it now because there's a lot of stuff in it that is absolutely bonkers in a way that feels like they were trying to please me personally. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> oh yes. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um. Yeah. I also came to this as as clean as possible. Um. And it it goes. It like goes very quickly. And um. It's like, do you want me to explain this thing? I'm not gonna. Um. So just buckle in and let it all happen. Um, I think like, you know what you're in t- into from the first scene, um, yes. just, just to spout off some like information in case you're like, oh my gosh, they're not talking about all the trivia. This was directed by Bruce Pittman, uh, written by Ron Oliver, starring Michael Ironside, whoop, whoop, Ooh. Wendy Lyon, Justin and Lewis. That's, that's the only Stone. name by the way is, is Ironside. And then oh, yeah, everyone else is like. Uh, absolute nobody which is great i will say i couldn't place justin lewis and it was bugging the crap out of me the entire movie and so i looked it up justin lewis who now performs under the name uh lewis ferreira has a big old resume but he played the character declan in the fifth season of breaking bad he's the dude that they make the drug deal out in the desert he's got the beard and the wolverine hair he's that guy (laughs) right 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 oh okay um i guess he's also known for for Stargate Universe, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I will say that like I I really liked a lot of the kind of aesthetic choices on this. Uh it has it has cool scares. It has like cool tricks. I would, I should say. It's not I I feel like when it comes to horror movies, I tend to have I try to have like a different categories of whether this is an actual scary movie, a movie that's more about like an existential real life dread or just like fun slapstick that that's turned into that's under the horror umbrella. I would say it's more in the third category. I agree. Like, I feel like this was a chance for them to just kind of splash around using like stuff that they've wanted to do without, like they're like, I want to work on these movies, but like those movies are already made, so I'm just gonna like play around with their their genre, and I'm gonna play around with like the stuff in them, and I'm just gonna like slap it together under the guise of like a, a horror movie, right. right? And you can 
tell that they made this for almost no money. And yet it feels like they're able to stretch that budget in a lot of really clever ways. And like talking about aesthetics, this is to me a rare example of a movie uh, looking like shit in terms of its video presentation, uh, actually adding to the experience. Like, I don't know where you guys watch the movie. I know, um, I think Amazon Prime has it, Shudder has it, but it looks like, I think this thing came out in 1987. It looks like nobody has touched the master since like 1988 it looks like it was sourced from a vhs with like all the the sort of picture noise and all the occasional like interference like you'll occasionally get the weird sort of vhs lines going through the image (laughs) honestly like something about it it just felt so absolutely correct for this movie like i i hope one day somebody is incentivized to take the time to go in and like really clean this up so that you can have that version of it but i actually think it would be a total shame if this like vhs looking version of it ever went away because it's so felt to me like for about an hour and 40 minutes i was in middle school again and i went to blockbuster and i grabbed this off the shelf and it looked like crap but it pulled me in so completely like it hit that weird specific nostalgia button as well. Can I ask you guys, was the version that you watched in four by three? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I even saw mine. Mine I saw uh, on shutter. The first time I saw it, I think it was actually on Amazon prime. Uh, but like the, the one I just saw was on shutter and it was still four by three and it was the one hosted by Joe Bob. So mm-hmm. it was even, even like at the shutter presentation level of it, it was still like four by three you know, kind of faded quality. Look right. To it. Um, but I like that because it makes it feel like uh, kind of what uh, Lex was saying, either, you know, going to Blockbuster or I used to watch a lot of my horror on uh, on like sci-fi network or like on TV when they oh, would yeah. just be showing them late night. And I feel like it had that kind of nostalgic feeling to it. Monster Vision. That's what I used to watch all the time as a kid. That's why I was like ecstatic when Shudder brought uh, Joe Bob over to Shudder because it was mm-hmm. a very nostalgic bump for me. But yeah, I saw it on Monster Vision and it's always edited. <laughs> so all the like real gore and boobs are out of it. And <laughs> but or or I saw it on like VHS over summers where my brother and I would just rent a bunch of movies or on Halloween where I would sit and watch as many horror movies as I can with friends after we got just too old enough to go trick or treating. So right. we just watched as many horror movies as we possibly can. But there was always like, especially at blockbuster and these old video rental places, there were always movies I never got to. And they always had like a, uh, uh, the poster or the front of the VHS always like stuck out to me. And Prom Night 2 is one of those where, like, I remember it on the shelves, but I never watched it. But Mm -hmm. I always remembered it because that was a very distinctive uh, poster, which is Mary Lou kind of emerging out of a locker and looking all glamorous but creepy. And I always remember that along with a few other movies. So when I watched this just a few years ago, it was even just me trying to catch up on all of those covers i never saw Hmm. so i'm trying to like go back and think about all the movies that i saw and also i watched prom night one and my friends were like you gotta watch prom night two just right away you gotta has nothing to do with prom night one but you should watch it so so it seems like that was a big thing in the 80s because we a long time ago watched uh 
uh, Halloween three season of the witch. Oh yeah. Love um, Halloween three, which also released in the eighties, uh, has nothing to do with the franchise, but like, it seems like they were like, yo, we need brand recognition. So we're just going to pin this to the series and people are going to watch it. Like, why not? They're not going to be confused at all. Um, yeah, I, I, but I think Halloween, and I could be wrong about this, but I think Halloween 3 was an attempt to make the whole franchise more of a, you know, episodic thing yeah. where it went off. Yeah. Because I, I know Jamie Lee Curtis, because I was just d- diving into Jamie Lee Curtis's IMDb, she actually has like a cameo voice in it. But it's very uncredited, so she yeah, actually right. speaks. So I think that was their way of tipping their hat towards the old Halloween. This movie was made and shot without being associated with prom night at all. Yeah, right. It was just and, supposed to be its own separate movie, and then it's the producers that linked it up. And if anything, you got to wonder if that didn't hurt the movie a little bit, much in the same way that people went into Halloween three expecting something far more in the vein of the first two movies. And then were sort of upset when that's not what they got. I wonder if it would have been easier for people to get on board with how batshit crazy this movie is, if they weren't being encouraged to think of the other movie, which as, as you have mentioned, really bears no relation or resemblance to this movie whatsoever. So, just so people know what prom night one is like prom night one is actually Jamie Lee Curtis. It's after Halloween. It was when she just was a scream queen and a bunch of different stuff, but it, it's about, it's a, I know what you did last summer sort of, or Jason sort of movie where there's kids that pushed one kid out a window. That kid dies. And then one killer gets a, uh, Someone gets arrested for the killing, and then years later at prom night, a killer is back, and people are dying. And was the killer the killer or not? Ooh, that's the type of movie it is. <laughs> actually quoting a detective character. And to me, I, I actually found prom night one pretty boring because it kind of felt like every horror movie that you see, it just had this feeling of... Of I've seen it so many times. And what I love about Prom Night 2, Mary Lou, is like, it has a bunch of tropes in it. There's no denying that. But it just combines them in such a strange way and really pushes for some effects work that is like really pretty impressive. At least there's five inf- effects in this movie that I find pretty impressive. Four. I would say four. Okay. Um, all right. So I feel like we can't really talk too much more about the movie without going into spoilers. So uh, I will take this opportunity to drop the spoiler wall. Um, you know. <laughs> oh, there it is. There was the spoiler wall. Oh, geez. It's gotten so it's gotten so much more mechanical. Like it used to be one of those crank ones that was. Uh, but like we've been upgrading. Uh, you guys can thank Dave for our upgrades. Uh, we've been having him in the studio, uh, doing a lot of work behind the scenes, and here he is. His- pew, 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 pew. Oh, sorry, those are just the lasers I set up. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. someone tries to get past the spoiler wall, mm-hmm. they're not allowed. Right. Yeah, there were a few people running up, and they were just shouting out plot points, and then the lasers got them. Yeah, they got them. They got them. <laughs> Oh man! Um, so Did you guys notice I put a spoiler 
on the spoil wall? Like I did. Like a car spoiler? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was. It's really good branding. Cool. Good. I'm glad you guys noticed that. <laughs> um, now I just, I can't get the image out of my head. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so if you guys haven't had a chance to see Prom Night 2, Hello, Mary Lou, uh, you can catch it on all major platforms. It's, as as we've mentioned, it's on Shudder, it's on uh, 2B TV, it's on Amazon. Uh, I think you can also rent it through YouTube, like find it you just put in google and then google will tell you um and while you're on google you can go to this show's page and uh <laughs> if you are feeling so inclined you can drop a rating or review let us know how you feel about the show let us know uh you know uh stuff you want us to cover things of that sort give us five stars and we'll we'll do a little dance make a little love um get and- down tonight yeah uh so <laughs> We will be uh, coming back with our full spoilery discussion right after this break. And we are back. You guys know what time it is. It's time to bust a recap. Uh, and we're doing something special this time around. We are having Dave, our special fun duty guest, okay. recap this for you. All right, so we're in 1957, and it's prom time. And ooh, Mary Lou, she's busting a gut, wanting to get get that crown. (laughs) She wants to be the prom queen. But meanwhile, she's out loving it up. She goes to a priest, and she's like, I confess that I love to have sex. (laughs) So then she goes back to the prom night, and she's like, she's with her one, she's with her one boyfriend who has a very premature receding hairline for a teenager, and they're, (laughs) they're dancing, and it seems like love, and he seems like he's into her, and but meanwhile, she goes to the back, and she's She's snogging it up with this one bad boy, grabbing his crotch, doing all the things, and he sees the boyfriend sees her, and they he, they get angry, and then there's a breakup, and so the boyfriend's like, "Oh, I'm gonna have my revenge!" Goes to the bathroom. Some punks, they got a stink bomb. They're gonna use the stink bomb tonight, and she's like, "I got an idea. I'm gonna use the stink bomb." So when she's announced, the prom queen gets up on stage. He lights the stink bomb throws it at her she is somehow wearing the most flammable dress ever invented (laughs) and she goes up in a in a in a flames like really this is actually like a pretty intense (laughs) fire sequence and she and he she looks up sees him and he's like oh i didn't mean to do that and even the boyfriend that was snug or the guy that she was cheating on the boyfriend with is like ah damn it oh i'm gonna join the priesthood that's what he's thinking and then, <laughs> and then she dies and then it goes up into the 80s like 87 i guess uh and then prom night's coming around is one girl named Vicky Carpenter, and she's getting ready for prom. She wants to wear a prom dress. She has kind of uptight parents. She's looking forward to her boyfriend going to prom with her, so, but she needs a new dress, and her mom won't let her buy a dress. So she goes down to the basement, 
looking for a dress, opens up an old chest. Oops, ghost. ghost. <laughs> it's Mary Lou. She's been in the, the thing the entire time. She's been in this big old steamer trunk this entire time. And so she starts kind of possessing Vicky, taking over. She breaks a glass, letting the principal, the principal, who's played by Michael Ironside, was the boyfriend with the receding hairline. Now he's a principal. And the priest, who was the boy who was, she was snogging with, is now he's now a priest. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, and oh, Vicky's got Vicky's worried about what the prom night's going to be, but she's get, she's starting to get all these spooky things happening to her, and she's got a she's got a, her friends. One of them is pregnant, <laughs> and she ends up getting killed by Mary Lou because she tries to take out the 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 cr- the gemstones from the crown and then so she gets first she gets threatened to get her head cut off and then Mary Lou's like uh-uh I'm going to hang you instead and then hangs her up and then oh boy then she starts to get really possessed she starts having weird ass dreams with like zombie cafeteria stuff and then <laughs> And then she just totally gets taken over by Mary Lou and Mary Lou starts like kissing her dad real weird, kissing her friend and <laughs> naked in the in the uh in the locker room until she squishes him. She squishes her friend, naked friend in the locker room with <laughs> lockers and then she like and then eventually she's uh, there's the nerd. The nerd is oh she's got this other girl who really wants to be prom queen because she's got nothing else going on in her life. So she's really going out and trying to become the prom queen. Even talks to the nerd, trying to get the nerd to to change the voting results in the computer, which is the topical computer voting <laughs> results. <laughs> and then and there's this bad girl like even goes down on the nerd, but that doesn't matter because Mary Lou's already infested the electronics and burns out this guy. And oh I forgot to mention the creepy horse. There's a creepy horse. And then <laughs> and then in the end in the end Vicky is like crown the prom queen but then she's shot by the 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 boyfriend who was a principal because he knows that now Mary Lou's in him. But Mary Lou comes all out of Vicky and then goes all carry on the prom, but not in like in a different way, but also in the <laughs> same way as Carrie. And and then there's a big chase scene, and then it seems like in the end they put they put uh the the crown back on Mary Lou. And so it seems like that's all she really wanted. Or is it question mark as Mary Lou probably takes over Michael Ironsides at the end. And that's the, that's the whole movie. The little bits missed, but most of it. Yeah. Um, that was, I do. That was great. Um, uh, I move thank all, the you all of our recaps from now on. I was thinking okay. the same thing. Yeah. Hey, uh, when you're uh, <laughs> next time you're here to do maintenance on the spoiler uh-huh. wall, uh, mm-hmm. Can you also, we're going to give you some lines to record uh, just for you to uh, do the recaps sure. for us. Yeah, I would cool, love cool. to do that. Just tell me what movie you're talking about. I'll watch it <laughs> and then I'll send in a recap. Oh boy. Um, yeah. The, that this movie goes from like zero to a hundred very quickly. 
Actually, I feel like it goes from like a hundred to like two zero, two, <laughs> and, and then back up to hundred. Right, because like we the 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 first scene we get is her going into this uh into the the priest being like, hey priest, I did a bunch of bad things, and I love sex. And you're like, all right, I guess this is our main character. Sounds so, by good. the way, during that scene, she writes, for a good time, call Mary Lou, and then puts a phone number. In the trivia I looked up for this, apparently that was the screenwriter's number, actual oh. number. And what's the the best part of this trivia bit is no one called. <laughs> Absolutely no one called. You know, sure. of, yeah. It was not a hit when this movie came out. It took a little bit. It became a cult hit afterwards but not a big cult hit it's like it it took some time to get noticed right um so in your recap you had mentioned uh the nerdy character mm-hmm. uh and so i really like it's a weird like sub sub subplot but the romance between him and the monica character i, I was in my notes he's he's science kid but i think his name was actually josh um yeah, so like also I, uh, played by Brock Simpson, who is the only one to appear in all four prom night movies. Really, including huh. the first one, he's like a kid in the first one, and then he's in the other ones, and that's because his dad is the producer of Prom Night. <laughs> that's that's ah, why. Yes, that makes sense. Peter R. Simpson is the producer, and he's like, put my kid in this. Um, but uh. I I liked their little romance. Like it was really cute. Up yeah. like and I was like, I'm rooting for this kid. I mean, and then his date gets squished and he gets sad and then he like extorts a blowy out of another person. So like I know. it really she, like <laughs> he kind of forgets about her so fast. I guess it's because she got squished, but yeah. it seemed like no one recognized the idea that like Hey, where'd Monica go? <laughs> like, right. when no one should just get her forgotten. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that, like, the first death in the movie, I guess technically the second death, because Mary lose the first one, but the 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 second death, uh, who is the, I forget her name, I want to say it was Jess, who is the pregnant yeah. one. Like, that yeah. one's treated Jess. with so much heaviness. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, Jess is dead. Should we even Let's- have a prom? Yeah. Right. And then people start dying left and right, and they're like, who? I've never heard of that character. It's like, come on, guys. (laughs) Yeah. I was also surprised, when it comes to Jess, I was surprised, first, she looked amazing. She had the best fashion sense. Yes. Out of everyone in the movie, Jess. But also, like, I was surprised that they were talking about teen pregnancy. Like, it feels like something that's still taboo to talk about, and then they kill her. And right. so they kill her and the unborn baby at the same time. And I'm like, what are they? What are they trying to say here? <laughs> Just like, <laughs> that's like taking the, the, the Jason rules like way too far. Like you've had sex. Clearly you've had sex. So you have to die. And it just, oh, it, it really surprised me that they went that way. Yeah. This movie, I feel like doesn't have like a specific like overarching message or even like a thing it's trying to say. I feel like it's mostly like, let's do a bunch of cool shit. Um, yeah. And so but like, also, 
don't do sex. Sex is bad, but also isn't right. it kind of cool? Isn't it also kind of cool though? <laughs> like there's there's definitely some overlap with a lot of other horror insofar as I know a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Scream 2, we were talking a little bit about how horror movies in general seem to have this almost puritanical sense of morality about them. And that's why, you know, if your characters are drinking, doing drugs, having sex, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, they tend to get, you know, big finger quotes punished for it, uh, usually in the mm-hmm. form of like something really sharp uh, going through their torso. Um, but in this case, it seems like they gesture in that direction, but there really is no coherent point of view as such. It seems like they just, they they use it when they feel they need to, but it's mostly all in service of creating this big uh, like horror mixtape, which seems very much by design, right? Like we were talking before about how it really feels less like its own unique entity and more this hodgepodge of elements from different uh, um, areas of the genre. And that is clearly intentional, right? Like almost every character is also named after somebody notable in the, in the horror community. I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah. Just to, just to go through the names, we have a Mr. King. We have the main characters, Vicky Carpenter. We also have uh, all the, the Carpenter names. And then also a Matthew Dante and then Kelly Hel- uh, Henenlotter, yeah, Henenlotter, who's uh, from Henenlotter's from Basket Case fame. And you even have a John Waters nod with Monica Waters. So, yeah, and you and are. There's, uh, oh, there's a Mr. Craven. There's, a, there's an Eddie Wood. Uh, Mr. Romero. There's a Mr. Romero. And there's also the guy who did the guy who did Freaks back in the day. Uh, Browning, he, Todd Browning. Too. Todd Browning, yeah. yeah. So you have a Jess Browning, who's the the woman that was pregnant. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. There is that sense of like mixtape in this, where I think mixtape's a good word for what this movie is, like uh, all the horror stuff kind of put together. Yeah, and I I do feel like the thing manages to be uh, a lot more uh, original, a lot more. It forms a unique identity more than the the sum of its parts. Um, which impressed me a whole bunch because you could argue that in terms of base material, there's not really a single truly original concept in this thing. It's just the way they find to combine elements and execute that makes it feel like, oh, this is a weird fucked up thing that I've never seen before. Yeah. The horse has a tongue. The horse has a big old, the yeah. rocking horse has that big old prosthetic tongue. And I've seen, you know what? I've seen a tongue come out of a phone. Uh, in Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street, but I have never seen a big old tongue like that come out of a rocking horse, and it shook my shit. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street in this movie too, and which is I kind of like, and I think that they used it really well because there's the effects that I really loved that happened in this movie are one the the horse, the horse and the tongue. That, yeah. that was good, and also the the when she gets sucked into the chalkboard. Yes, yeah, that was, that was my was favorite really- one. Yeah, that was really, really well done, and that was really cool. And also the initial burning of of Mary Lou, which at the time I guess it was the longest burn on um, on set because it was like seven seconds, and that was longer than they've ever done before oh. um, in Hollywood. And <clears throat> also the uh, I also think that not enough credits given towards when the computer nerd guy gets zapped by the computer. I think that's a good death. And usually a computer zapping death, I think, is kind of lame. But he gets so burnt up. 
Mm-hmm. I think his like eyeballs explode. It's that that's really good. And then also when Mary Lou returns by coming out of Vicky Carpenter at the end. I yes, thought that was yes. really cool. That was the one I was gonna point out next that like I uh I felt like it was so visceral. Like a lot of the the effects before, like or leading up to it were um, so big and boisterous, but that one, like you, you see her skin ripping over open and you see these like burning appendages coming out. Like, I felt like that was the most like stomach upturning. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, it also the- was a little strange because it's at that point, I think that's also a little subversive at that point because we're so used to there being a final girl in most films, even at this point in 87, we're used to there being this innocent girl. That's the one that comes out in the end and survives. Right. And technically that happens. But at this point in the movie, we just saw her ripped open and now she's gone. You know, she's taken over by this demon. And now there's a final boy, her boyfriend who the, the Mary Lou's going after. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a odd for this type of movie. Usually it'll be just the girl. That right. would be like being chased after. Um, yeah. And I, uh, I, I thought it, I felt like it was a, a weird thing that they brought, uh, Vicky back. Like, I think that's the one thing that if I, if I were an executive being like, all right, this is a solid movie. Um, but why, why bring, uh, her back? Like I, I, um, I, I, don't know if she had a purpose after she was, you know, ripped open. Also, like her life is ruined. All of her friends are dead. Right. Um, she done made out with her dad. She sent her her mom <laughs> flying through a door. Like it's probably better for her if she just stays dead. Like yeah, but you know, the note was the opposite of that. The note was probably, "Hey, can we bring back the girl at the end? Can she somehow survive? Is right. that you know because." I, the one thing I dislike in horror movies, and it happens often, is happy endings. I don't think any horror movie should have a happy ending. And this one has a bit of a bump, bump, bump at the end that a lot of horror movies do to kind yeah. of have both a happy ending and also leave it open for a sequel. Mm-hmm. But um, my favorite horror movies end in a way that you know that at the very least, the one person who survived is forever scarred and forever right. like changed my favorite horror movie of all time is actually texas chainsaw massacre the first one yes mm-hmm. yes because i feel like the ending of that where she well, this is a bit of a spoiler for texas chainsaw massacre but i don't think it really ruins the movie but while she technically gets away at the end there you feel like she's just not the same person you feel like this is like her life has totally been ruined and it acknowledges that in a way that most movies don't like like this one where it seems like a happy ending for some reason. Right. Right. Uh, what really struck me about this ending, though, is that it's the same exact ending as Scanners right down to um, <laughs> Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside's body has been taken over by an entity and his eye, like they put the colored contacts onto his eyes so that we can indicate uh, outwardly that he is not in control of his faculties anymore. And I, I'm glad that this is, I I'm, I'm want to go through the rest of Ironside's filmography to see if this is an Ironside's trope, like to see how many yeah. additional movies end with him with contact lenses in with some other entity inside of his body. 
That's how uh, that's how Top Gun ends too. Is with that. Yeah, yeah, and and the the uh, famous Jet Jackson movie, I think, as well. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about the like supernatural elements of this movie, um, because like I feel like in a lot of horror movies, there's a, a tendency to lean towards being like, all right, guys, we have to, we here, here's all the explanations for everything that is why the, the supernaturals are happened. Oh right, man, right. Uh, my uncle peed on this grave and the grave is now seeking vengeance. Um, but like, <laughs> wait, wait, I want to see this movie. <laughs> I want to see where the grave itself is actually oh, yeah. seeking vengeance. It's like a tombstone that just keeps popping up from the ground being like, Ooh, peed. Ooh, peed. Sounds great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, on, I'm in talks with Netflix about it. I won't jinx it. <laughs> Um, but like, I, I feel like this movie is just like, you know, let, let, let the stuff happen. It's happening because, um, you know, she's a, she's yeah. a ghost. Um, and so like, there's a, this moment when, uh, father buddy Cooper is talking to, um, talking to the principal, uh, and he basically says he reads from a book. I don't know what book it was, but he's like, you know, <laughs> says here that the spirits when they have unfinished business will come back and haunt you for revenge. And I wanted uh, Billy to be like, is that a Bible? Is that yeah, is that yeah. your exorcism guide? This like is the uh, the priest manual. It's the priest manual, <laughs> right? Totally. Um, but like the movie isn't it doesn't care um, for your questions. It doesn't care if you to like explain where is this place that she keeps going mentally is it like a ghost realm is it the upside down is it something else the movie is like ghost shit enjoy it (laughs) sit back and like feast upon it because you're at a certain point you're also like what are the extent of uh of uh mary lou's powers she we we know that she can possess we know that she has telekinesis. Yeah. She also can apparently, like, uh, you know, is a technomancer. Uh, well, it's in my in my head canon. She was just in life. She was so slutty that she just became a demon in the afterlife. She was just so so slutty that 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 Satan was like, "You're one of mine now. You're a demon now." And. <laughs> And then she came, comes back with all these demon abilities. And what I like about the scene you just talked about is it gives us the only information we really need to know in order for it to kind of make sense at the end is the unfinished business. We need to know that she has unfinished business and that's getting the crown on her head. Right. It never says we need to put the crown on their head. But when he does put the crown on the on the head at the end, we know that that does kind of fix everything because it's the unfinished business. And it's never really explained more than that one scene, which is great. And also what happens in the same scene where that's, and I think this is actually, I'm not saying this is like a script that screenwriters should take a lot of notes from, but one thing I like about that scene is he gives two inf- two bits of information during that scene, the priest. One is that they, uh, Mary Lou was unfinished business. And two, I'm a priest, so nothing can happen to me. <laughs> and then, and then that obviously is proven wrong later 
when something does indeed happen to him. And I like that. I like that he says something that is wrong and he's the priest. Right. And he should be right. And I like that. I'd like to think that um, it was a true statement until he drank the alcohol. Like um, whatever deity was protecting was like, oh, you getting slizzard? All right. Well, I guess it's time for you to die, bitch. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's the rule. That's the rule. <laughs> he was under. Well, but uh, the other thing is that she says that there is no heaven. There is no hell. It's just like not. I think she says like a limbo or a purgatory. And there's no fucking wings. I get no fucking wings. Yeah. So she like, really loves to eat some wings. <laughs> that's that's true. All, the unfinished business in the sequel that I don't think there, I mean, there was a sequel, but I hear it's really bad. Um, it must be just getting Buffalo wings. Right. <laughs> just that's, that's what her unfinished business yeah, is. Yeah. She drives over, she drives over and gets them lemon, honey, lemon pepper wings, baby. Yeah. Yeah. If I mean, As Michael Iron says, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that like, Michael Ironside's character wasn't actually Mary Lou, and it was uh, it was him being like, "Oh man, I'm a demon too now," because um, <laughs> like the ring was originally his, I believe. That's true. Um, well, it's the ring that he gave her, right? So, and the uh, the license plate of the car says Mary Lou too. Uh, so I like to think that he was like, "All right, well, you know." Uh, I've, I, I have unfinished business too now, and that's scaring kids. I couldn't do it as a principal. <laughs> now I'm doing it. So, like, yeah. <laughs> Let's get some wings. I just want it at the end of the credits. It's just all of them eating wings, like at the end of <laughs> Avengers. Avengers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, yeah, I guess I, I wanted to recommend this film. One, because you were asking for, like, school-related films. And I know that this is the, maybe the third, third best, like, horror school-related movie. Mm -hmm. But, you know, behind, I would say, Carrie and maybe uh, Nightmare Before Elm Street, if you consider that a school-related movie. Which I think it's fair to say you can, since his, like... I think the boiler room is in the basement of the, of the school anyways. Mm. And so this would be like the third of that. And then right under this would be the faculty in the nineties. I which was also really good. Loved the faculty. Um, yes. And I feel like, so the faculty also has a um, nude blonde locker room scene. Uh-huh. And I really want to, f- I really feel like that was in reference to this movie. Like it's all I could think of the whole time that we had uh, Vicky Mary Lou walking around. I was like, this is just like the faculty, which is, uh, I don't think I've, I don't think I've made you watch Lex, um, but I watched it like a a year ago. I've totally seen the faculty. As you should. It's great. It has Usher in it. Yeah. And John Stewart and John Stewart. Yes. Before Uh, he's John Stewart. One of the things that I love about the faculty. So I'm, I'm friends with Piper Laurie, who's the mom in Carrie, and uh, she's also in the faculty. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I love that she once said uh, when asked about the faculty <laughs> is she was like, someone once asked her, what was it like to be in a movie with Jon Stewart? And her response was, 
he was in that movie? Because <laughs> <laughs> she just didn't connect the person that Jon Stewart became to who Jon Stewart was back then. It right. just didn't seem like the same person, which is I absolutely love. <laughs> but yeah, The Faculty is a great watch, and it's really good. Um, but it's like, so I, I, I was trying to think of all of the all of the uh, kind of upper up, uh, like all the high school horror genre movies that there are. And this was one that I feel like is not talked about enough and is a nice little hidden gem. So that's why I brought it up. I agree. And I appreciate that. Cause like, that's the spirit of the show is to like get people talking about shit that nobody is really talking about. My dudes this is how yeah. I talk now. Hey. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what region you're from. It's great. <laughs> I'm from all regions. It's like, oh, boy. Minnesota. Hey. <laughs> um, um, I think the, the one of the last things I really want to talk about is the uh, Vicky's mom character. Yeah. Um, and how, like, I she's definitely supposed to be the same energy as Carrie's mom. Like she's yeah, this like, yeah. yeah, like a provincial uh, maternal figure who uh, is, is trying to keep her daughter innocent and pure by force. Um, and I like that she, she finally gets her comeuppets. Um, I, I, I'm, I realize I say this a lot on this show, but I'm a big fan of comeuppets. Um, and you know, I, I don't think that she will recover from that night. You want to talk about characters whose whole world has changed. I think that the mom character is that character in this movie and that she's like, Oh boy, I really got to figure out what to do with my husband who was fervently making out with our daughter. Right. Uh, Yeah. And he did not seem after it was done, he was like, oh, well, I guess that happened. Yeah, he's like, hmm, <laughs> this done awoken something in me. He really should have pushed her away with more vigor than, than, he, than he had. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and, and then she's like, I guess my daughter has super magical powers powered by sluttery. Um, which, which is very true, yeah. in a way. Do you, I mean, like, if this is a this is a dumb question, but if you could get superpowers from being um, promiscuous, <laughs> like what do you what do you want your superpowers to be? Like I assume, like under the 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 Mary Lou, you know, precedent, you get about three different powers. Uh, so so do I get the ability she's got to to smush people inside things? If you'd like. I mean, so, it's, that's very specific. I, I, like her thing is telekinetics, but like, if you want it specifically, like, can I have like stuff smushing powers? Like, if I put you into an enclosed space, I can I can smush you. Can I do that? Sure. I think it's kind of a okay. telekinetic telekinetic power. You know? Yeah. No, I, I just I'm really just focused on the smushing part. Like, okay. really just <laughs> smushing people. And do you know why they call it the Renner? What? No. Do you know why? Do you know why they call it the Renner? What is, is what they call what the Renner? Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy? The smu- yeah, the smushing. Do you know why they call it the Renner? No. Because it's a hurt locker. Boom, Mike Rock. Oh, ah, I see. 
I understand. Oh, you went, you went quite a ways for that. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was a journey. Uh, that is fucked up, though. I want to be able to smush people. Also, right. sidebar, like, okay, so I, I was uh, thrown by the look of the blood in that sequence, by the way, because it looks very, it looks like pink foam. And something about that I found highly disturbing. Oddly, that might actually be more disturbing to me than the rocking horse tongue. Something about it. I was imagining it was like brain fluid as opposed to, yeah. Well, it's because it's all the fluids wrapped together. It's not just blood. You get some pus, you get some other stuff. Yeah, some bile in there. Um, Some lady semen. Like all of it just like smushed together. Lady semen. (laughs) More more disturbing. It's worse now. <laughs> you took a bad thing and made it work. What? I'm just I'm, I'm just talking biology, guys. I think that's that's uh that's Lady Antebellum's new name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. They really reflected hard and were like, you know what? I think this feels right. This this is right now. Yeah, yeah. This is right. You're really planting a seed inside of those we touch. Oh, what? Great. What are you guys talking? <laughs> Just- I would also say, I would say, if we're talking about getting powers from um, being promiscuous, I would also, I it also makes me think of Frankenhooker, where <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen Frankenhooker? No. Is that the one that you've seen yet? <laughs> that's that's well worth a watch. It's really good. It's by the same guy that did Basket Case, but she gets when when someone's um, the, the Frankenstein doctor character loses the the head is lost of his girlfriend. So he gets as many hookers, prostitutes, sex workers as, as he possibly can to, to make a new body for her. And when she comes out, she has the powers of prostitutes when she comes (laughs) out, except that she constantly electrifies them electrifies her victims whenever she like kisses them and gets near them. So that's, that would be kind of cool, but I would like to be able to turn it off obviously, but you know, right. Of course to have, to be able to switch off and on Frankenhooker abilities might be nice. You know, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you you really you, you don't want it to be a victim of your own uh, powers. You know, you don't want no. rogue syndrome. No, that would be terrible if you can't touch anyone, even though it's because you're so promiscuous, because you're so great at making love. Right. Now you can't touch anyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Terrible. Ugh, it's a curse. Terrible. Um, so what, do you guys have any final thoughts about this movie uh, before we wrap up? I would just say, like, if you're, if you're still listening to this and I haven't watched it yet, which is weird, but I would say, like, know what you're going into when you're watching this movie and then you'll enjoy it. If you if you want like a serious horror movie, this isn't this isn't the thing that you should go to. Just to go watch Hereditary. But you know, this is like <laughs> I love Hereditary, but it's a different type of movie, you know? So this is I this is what I love about this. It's fun, it's stupid. It's something you can have on and kind of half pay attention to and really enjoy. Yeah, so I guess my final thought is I pulled up the Wikipedia for the installment that followed this movie, Prom Night 3, The Last Kiss, which uh, apparently, by the way, you got to see the poster for this thing. It's wild. Uh, But apparently uh, picks up and continues the story of Mary Lou, but 
is not really horror. It's instead a spoof of the previous movies. And now I feel like I need to check this one out because I'm not sure how you would go about parodying Prom Night 2. Like, it feels essentially like it's already done that work for you. See, that's... Okay, see, here's the thing. In... There's a thing in bad horror movies that always puts me off, and it's that word parody. I think once parody is brought into, it becomes like, you know, the Trapped in the Closet series? Uh-huh. You know, I, I, I hate to invoke R. Kelly, but I'm just saying, <laughs> that was really fun. The Trapped in Closet series was fun up until the point where he realized everyone was making fun of it, and then they became stupid and then they became (laughs) terrible and unwatchable i think and i feel like horror movies can be like that too um in that sometimes they are made by rapist monsters but also (laughs) sometimes but also that uh that like once they figure out that people are watching it to make fun of it they try to join the joke and that just doesn't do very well most of the time. Right. Right. Unless it's like really, unless they have a sense of humor from the beginning, it's, I, I just don't think they can, they often hit it. So well, yeah. I would warn you against it. Yeah. Even if the series does have a bit of a sense of humor from the beginning, like Nightmare on Elm Street, you take it too far in that direction. You get um, uh, Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare, where he's like riding the broom like the Wicked Witch, where he's playing video yeah. games and stuff like that. It, it And it, yeah, there's a reason people don't love that one. Right. It's well that's because of the Freddy movies. I think they they started to lose viewers because I think after 2 or 3 when it was still serious and then by the fourth one they made him funny and then all of a sudden everyone was watching it just to see him be funny. Right. Which is weird cuz we're supposed to be like this is a burnt pedophile that we're supposed to be like scared of. And now all of a sudden we're like, yeah, get him, Freddy. That was like the whole point of those movies. So strange. Just like R. Kelly. Um, okay. Just like- <laughs> um, all right. Uh, well, Dave, thank you for joining us on the show. Um, do you have anything you would like to plug anything you're working on anywhere that people can find you? Well, just follow me at MR Dave child on the Twitter and the Instagram. And then you can also go to Dave to see what I'm up to these days. Who knows what I'm up to? So many things, so <laughs> many things. Oh, good. Uh, what about you, Lex? Do you have anything that you'd like to promote or any place that people can find you? Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Lex Michael. I post uh, infrequently, but sometimes I'm there. If you if you believe hard enough, you can find me. Uh, also, uh, I do have a thing to plug. Again, uh, I am uh, cheating on Tari J. I'm doing another podcast. Uh, I do a podcast there with my. It's it's okay because I'm going to come back as a, a promiscuous sex ghost. Um, so I do a podcast with my lovely partner, Marianne Ramish, who is a YouTuber. Uh, it is called friends with benefits. She is a fan of friends. One of the biggest pop culture juggernauts that there has ever been. And I am most decidedly not. And so what I have agreed to do, despite my better judgment is sit down and watch the entirety 
of that series, all 5,846 seasons of it. And we're going to go through episode by episode and break it down from a fan's perspective and from a critical perspective as well. We are into season two now, uh, and HBO Max just launched. So you can watch this thing along with us. Uh, if you are a big fan of the show, as so many are, cool. I, I think it will probably be a lot of fun for you. And if you are not a big fan, as I am not, you can uh, hold my hand and we can suffer together. But actually, we're having a bunch of fun doing the show. So uh, go check that out wherever you can find podcasts. Uh, it's called Friends I, with Benefits. I do love a show that has the stakes of an entire relationship on the board. So. <laughs> I, I really I have to fucking nail this. <laughs> Great. Um, I have no high or low stakes things going on, but you can follow me <laughs> On uh, Twitter at Tari J T E R I J A Y. Um, there I tweet about dumb shit and also important things like the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, equal rights, trans rights, things of that sort. Um, so f- follow me for those things. Or if you don't like those things, don't follow me. <laughs> yeah. Same same with me, by the way. I'm going through a very... <laughs> I'm not going to get a lot of fart jokes these days, but enjoy the, enjoy the you know, the for a better cause that's happening right now. Yeah. Uh, but most importantly, you can find this podcast at Missing Outcast. That's M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T. Uh, there we take suggestions for things to consume. We uh, also talk about stuff we also promote this show so you know what we're doing uh we also talk about things that other people are doing um so make sure to follow uh so you can stay up to date on everything missing out once again thank you dave for joining us this has been so fun so make sure to (laughs) join us next week Until then, this has been the retrospective that is introspective. And now you have a new perspective. What you got, Itchy Bones? You gotta put this powder on. Put this powder on, Itchy Bones. Do it. Oh, you feel so much better. Oh, man. Do it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's good ad you got there. Oh yeah. <laughs>